Welcome to Tigers on Tap, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Stepping up to the microphone are Trey Lasley and TJ Willis. Join the guys as they talk all things Memphis Tigers and their favorite beer. Turn your volume up, grab your favorite brew, and enjoy the conversation. Now, let's get to the show. What is up? What is up? Go Tigers 247 family. This is uh, Trey back with my co-host TJ, episode two of Tigers on Tap. Uh, TJ, what's up? Oh, nothing much, man. Just uh, I have an ice cold beer in my hand that's uh, ready to be had. Yeah, so a little bit of, we, we got some feedback. We thought it would be a good idea if one of us picks a beer per episode and then we both uh sip on that beer throughout the episode so what tj you you had the first pick uh for episode two what are we uh drinking tonight we are going with crosstown uh siren this is a blonde ale this is like a i think i, I mean i know i've had this one before this is like a, a yard work beer that's what i call it like i feel like i can cut the grass and then just uh go ahead and, and pop, pop a siren yeah, absolutely yeah all right, I'm looking forward to it. I think I've had this one before as well, Crosstown, another local brew. So uh, stay stay tuned to the end of the episode. We'll both give a uh, a review and a score. So I'm going to get my first sip in, though, before we get started. Yeah, here. go for it. Absolutely. Kristen B. All right, so it's been, uh, I think, a week or two since episode one. Uh, I was out of town We've had some we've had some stuff break uh, since episode one. A couple of things to talk about. Some pretty big news, I would say. Um, first things first, we'll go NFL draft. Two tigers, uh, two tigers taken. So uh, Dylan Parham and, and Calvin Austin. Uh, Dylan taken in the third round, ninetieth pick overall by the Raiders, and uh, Calvin fourth round, one hundred and thirty eighth overall by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, TJ, what are your thoughts there? How do you uh, how do you think those guys are going to fit in in their new uh, their new systems and their new towns, in the NFL? Yeah, I actually really like both of those picks. I think that the Raiders got uh, some pretty good value um, given his flexibility, since he can pretty much play all three interior line spots. He's probably going to come out of out of camp cracking the two deep at guard. Um, yeah, a lot of people projected him as a top seventy five prospect. And you're grabbing him, what, I think you said at 90th pick. So you're getting a lot of return on value there, um, given his talent level and where he was drafted. Uh, with Calvin, I, I think that one makes probably even more sense um, because Pittsburgh's had their fair share of wide receiver woes, right? Uh, if you look back at last year, they've had uh, Chase Claypool and what's the other guy's name? Johnson. Uh, Deontay Johnson. And then after those two, it was like a complete drop off for the next guy to uh, get some reps or any type of targets or anything there. So wide receiver is is definitely a big need for the Steelers. I, I'm not sure it bodes well for Calvin that um, he got drafted in the same draft um, by a team that also chose George Pickens from Georgia in the second round. They Calvin will probably play slot there. I think that makes sure. more sense. And, and, and he's pairing up with uh with the old fellow wide receiver Ant Miller, right? So they they picked him yeah. up, I think, in the middle of last season. So um 
Calvin will actually he'll be the fourth Tiger on the Steelers roster. We got a little pipeline to the Steelers, Memphis, uh, Memphis to Pittsburgh. There we got. So Calvin, Anthony joined them. Uh, I think Arthur Mallette is on the Steelers, and then Jannard Avery got uh, picked up by the Steelers also. So you're forgetting one more. There's one. Kinda. There's five. Well, not a player, but a coach. Oh, another yeah, another. Uh, from the Shear days, right? Another yeah. Memphis connection. Yeah, Tomlin is around back, I guess. I'm trying to think back when that was. That was like 90s, though. But, yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely a pipeline there. So, we and they were, they were the two Tigers that were drafted. I think there were two others that were signed as free agents, right? And J.J., you said to Tampa, he, the Bucks signed him? Yeah. And uh, J- J.J. the Bucks. Yeah, uh, yes. JJ to the Bucks, Jacoby signed with Houston. Um, Houston actually signed, drafted two corners. So that's probably not the best look for him, but he could at least get some uh, practice sure. team reps, worst case scenario. So Sure. He, I mean, he's at least getting a look, right? And yeah. you never know. Somebody somebody else could uh, could see a need for, a, you know, a corner and, and pick him up if the, the Texans do cut him. So. Uh, pretty cool. I mean, uh, I saw a stat out there. Um, I think this is our ninth straight draft in a row, dating back to 2014, that a, a Memphis player has been selected. Um, somebody would have to fact check this, but I think I saw on Twitter we are the longest current streak for an American Conference football team to have a player drafted in the NFL at nine straight nine straight drafts. So um, that's pretty good. I mean, pretty uh, pretty cool. Um, so continuing to put people out there into the NFL. So good on the staff, good on the, the program. That's a good look. Hell yeah. Uh, anytime you can get guys into the pros from your school, I, I think it's a good look. So especially if you're going nine straight years, it's pretty impressive. Yeah. All right. So back to uh, to current Tigers, not so much NFL anymore, but uh, some pretty big news dropped, uh, I think, a week ago Friday. Um Grant Gunnell entering the portal. He's now committed to North Texas. So um, the we'll put it in air quotes. The quarterback battle is officially over if it ever even had started. Um, I mean, look, my take on it was I, I think we talked about it in episode one was I mean, it was Seth's job. Right. I heard it in, in different interviews that Kenny had done with players. Some of the coaches has kind of talked about it in some interviews. But I mean, I, I think it was Eddie Lewis maybe one of one of the guys that Kenny had interviewed mentioned like he was talking about Seth over the off season and coming in and, and said something about, you know, how much work he'd put in and how, how he was looking coming back. And this was Seth's team, something along the lines of that, that immediately to me is like, Seth's the guy, right? They're putting their trust. They see Seth out there. They're, they look at him as the number one. So, um, I guess to me, maybe the timing of it a little bit is, is a little bit of a shock, um, I don't know though. I, I mean, you go, you want to go through spring, maybe get some, some video, uh, put some stuff together since he'd missed some time, but interesting that he ends up at North Texas. Um, somebody that that's on the schedule. So we'll get a, uh, I mean, I would assume he's going to be the starter, right? I think there maybe is a quarterback battle going down, down there. Yeah. So kind of an interesting one, right? Not only because they are a future opponent, um, but they also kind of have their own quarterback battle. Uh, Austin Ani was the guy that started last year for him for the most part. And uh, 
he kind of is battling it out with force, former four-star recruit and North Carolina tour here, Tar Hill, uh, Jace Reuter. So they kind of have their own little quarterback battle uh, between those two. And then you have a late add from Grant Gannell. Kind of gets a little spicy, but it makes sense for Grant, right? He's from Texas. Um, he's from down, I think, closer to Houston, um, more so than Denton. But he gets to be around people his fa- uh, that are familiar with him, right? He's around family and friends. Uh, everyone in the state's pretty familiar with him, right? I mean, he pretty much broke every Texas high school yeah, he, quarterback. He record. owns like every record down there, I think. Yeah, which is <laughs> bananas. Some, so like everyone knows over some really there. notable uh, Texas QBs in the high school level. So yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. To me, it's you end up at North Texas. It just I think that kind of says it. Obviously, it's an opportunity. You think he's going to come in and start? We'll get to see him uh, this season. You get the 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 King Seth and and Grant matchup. I think will be pretty cool to see. But like I said, I, I mean, it's not really that big of a surprise to me. Maybe the timing of it. Maybe him going through spring. But again, that like we said, that could have just been trying to get some things on film. But you know, if you were at the spring game, and we kind of alluded to this as well, like now it makes sense, right? That that's why you saw Grant against the twos pretty much the whole time. He never really faced off against the ones, and I think it's obviously because Seth was your starter, and I, I guess you know Grant saw the writing on the wall and is pursuing a, another opportunity. So good for him, but um, I guess the the battle really ended before it ever really started. I would say so. I guess the, there's a new battle, a new quarterback battle in Memphis, and who's the number two, right? What? Who's the number two? Who does number two work for? <laughs> no, dude, Tevin is clearly. Hey, maybe that's. I don't know. I've, hopefully, you never not, have to use him. Honestly, right? I don't, I don't that, think we want to get in that situation. Why not? You saw the dude slinging the rock on Friday Night Stripes. That that you is true. You don't want a little. You don't want a little glimpse of that. I just. I would rather be optimistic and cautious that my starting quarterback isn't getting hurt. So, yeah. Okay. Uh, you don't get. Heaven I'd rather forbid, blow people out by fifty. And Seth gets then hurt, he comes but out. I would love. Yeah, I would love nothing more to, than to see some some TC twelve balling out there. At least, I mean, let him get him out there. Yeah, if you get a blowout against, uh, you know, freaking uh, North Alabama, throw Tevin out there and let him sling the freaking rock. Get a, get him his four games in and, and allow him to keep his red shirt for sure. I don't know this to be true, but I could be convinced that Tevin chose the number 12 because that is the default number that gets put on all the Tiger jerseys. So if you wear a Tiger jersey uh, to that, the stadium. No, that doesn't even matter. No, no, hear me out. If you wear a Tiger jersey to the stadium that's been produced in like the last five years, at least going, I think it actually goes back to General Fuente they were, years. They're all number yeah, twelve because of the nineteen twelve. Yeah, well, uh, that. But yeah, the yeah the first ones were right around Paxton when they came out with those. I'm just saying you can't convince me that's why he didn't pick twelve. I mean, hey, it, if he did it, kudos to him. It's a smart play. You got hundreds of thousands, maybe, of number twelve jerseys out there. Everybody's already repping you. So, I mean, it could be. We have to Iron Penny. So, grid, gridiron penny. Is that where we're going to call him now? I like it. I think he probably he has his own branding. Hey, Tevin, if you're listening and we know that you are, you should change your uh, Twitter or Instagram handle to gridiron penny. Just let us know. We can brainstorm it. <laughs> <laughs>
So on to uh, on to the biggest news, TJ. The big one dropped the other day. There were rumors back and forth. I think both you and I were kind of excited and yeah. hyped up on the uh, on-campus stadium train. I mean, I, I know I was for sure. We had heard some rumblings, some different ideas around locations and, and that kind of thing and potential cost. Um, in the last couple of weeks, it started trending in the other direction. It sounded like they were going to put uh, put their focus on renovating the Liberty Bowl. I'm going to be honest. When I had heard that, I was it was like a gut punch. My initial thoughts were, I just didn't see, I didn't, I guess I couldn't picture what it was going to look like, but man, when that video dropped the other day, the renderings, I mean, it looks incredible. Yeah. I, I think if you look at the renderings alone, you're like, this is one of the most impressive stadiums in all of college football, right? I'm scared that the renderings look better than what we may get. However, you know, it, it is populous who put this together, right? You know, it's not going to be some short-sighted, complete maneuver um, by the university. Like, it's going to look like that. It may only be half the stadium to start off with, but it is going to look like that. And it's going to be they can't fantastic. Do, if, they, if they do half a stadium, look, I get they're going to do a complete makeover of the west side but they've got to do some sort of retrofitting on the away side you can't totally redo that home side and have the same damn big red outlined press boxes and like totally neglect the east side of the stadium there's no way that that's going to happen so they'll update it it's going to look they may not totally reconfigure like they're doing the west side but i think they're going to retrofit and make it look like it should, like it fits in, right? It may not get the full total rebuild that the West is getting, but I think it'll it'll look well. I mean, obviously you mentioned it. The the firm they're using is probably the most prestigious stadium architecture firm in the world. I mean, they've they've done countless Olympic venues, they've done NFL, they've done English Premier League. Um I think most recently they did like the Chiefs renovation. They mm-hmm. built Tottenham Hotspur Stadium. So that yeah, I mean, I, I find it hard to believe you mentioned the renderings looking really nice and being concerned about the stadium not potentially ending up to look like that. I think obviously there's you know there's always unknowns. You could run into issues, hiccups, whatever. But I don't think they're hiring that firm, and then we're going to get something that looks completely off right i think it's gonna look pretty it may not be exactly as the rendering with all the light show and all that jazz but i think it's gonna look pretty damn close and i think it's gonna look really really good i want the light give me the lights I, wanna, I, think I would love a light show when they put the lights up on the liberty bowl and tiger lanes like at nighttime you know i'm talking about those blue lights that's incredible mm-hmm. i think it looks great like I yeah, want when you, all of that. When you can't, when you can't see the uh, flaking paint and uh, exactly, and all the other stuff to, that it needs a good power washing. Yeah, give me a light show for sure. Those uh, big fan of those LED lights. Um, so they, you know, you've we've talked about what they're doing. It's obviously a reconstruction of the west side. It looks like they're gonna kind of create a new entrance to the stadium that's similarly looking to tiger lane with the sort of a brick pathway upwards with the trees and tailgating area 
Um, on the renderings, it looks like obviously you've got those archways on the back side of the stadium or kind of a, around the stadium. It looks like they're glassing those in potentially. Um, and then that west side is going to be totally reconstructed, right? They're going to have new premium level VIP seating. Um, one thing I've never quite understood is like the field level suites. I know they've got them at, at Jerry World and I've seen them a couple other places, but it's like in the rendering in the photos that they have for the Liberty Bowl, they were right behind the home bench. So it's like, yeah. I mean, you're looking at player ass. What are you not seeing plays? I don't want to sit down. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be very, very nice, but like you can't see anything. Yeah, I think the biggest perk with that is you're not in the hot-ass Memphis sun uh, on all those day games you're going to have. You at least have air yeah. conditioning down there. Yeah. Um, but I, I'm kind of with you there. I don't, you know, I don't want to look at the back of players and people standing. I mean, that's the, not the, that's not to say that if any of you listening end up getting those tickets and you want to invite uh, TJ and I as guests, like we're 100 percent there. I'm just telling you, as <laughs> I'm not going to spend my own money to sit down there. I'd rather sit, uh, sit where I can have a good view. But, um, it, I mean, it looks like they're going to do some really cool stuff. A party deck for the students, right? We saw some of that. Um, the, the halo experience over the top of the stadium. I don't know. You can't, it's kind of hard to tell how far it may extend outwards over the crowd. But if you look at some of their other stuff for, uh, you know, Tottenham Hotspurs, they've got sort of a similar kind of canopy ish. It's not one that, you know, it's not a full dome, right? It's not a full uh, ceiling or a dome that's covering the entire field, but it, it could be, you know, we've always struggled. I think attendance wise with, if there's rain in the forecast or it's, freaking hotter than hell uh you know hopefully some of you know if they're putting those halos up that could be a little bit of protection for uh for the uh for the fans in the stands uh, from the elements so um a lot of really cool stuff um one thing i i didn't see in there was uh they didn't hopefully they're taking care of it but they didn't specifically call out plumbing um you and i are are both privy to the plumbing situation at the Liberty Bowl. I think it what was that 2018 maybe the Houston game we walked yeah, in and there was, was Houston. A, there was there was a real live turd floating to, floating down the concourse. I mean, 6 minutes it was like he was rushing to his seat 6 minutes before kickoff. So, they did not specifically call that out, but hopefully they are uh they're going to be it was addressing understood. plumbing addressing the plumbing situation. I did see and I've been saying this for a little while and I, I think some some people on the boards have mentioned this too. Um, and one of the things that I read, I think it's on the the website where they they've got like a uh, FAQ where they're answering a bunch of questions that people may have about the whole process and that kind of thing. Was uh, they mentioned a new playing surface, which I think is I really I don't know how you feel about this. I really like natural grass. I wish that they would go back to that. I just like the look of it. Our turf is so old. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, if you've ever watched highlights or watched one of our home games on TV, it's so washed out. It's like gray looking almost. Um, so that I, I like that too. I like that they're going to redo the playing surface, even if it is another field turf. Like I said, it'll I be a turf. A, yeah. I prefer a natural grass look, but uh, I feel like we've been needing a new turf for a couple of years. Something small that I noticed is the new branding with the Simmons Bank as opposed to um, 
it, they took away the red, right? If you've seen the six banners around town of Simmons Bank, they had that old school red, uh, red and black logo. They've dropped the red, and it was just blue. So I like that a lot better too. It's was just it? kind of a little subtle thought, thing. Yeah, I I know. <laughs> I think you sent me that initial picture where they had put a uh, the Simmons Bank. First of all. Simmons Bank Liberty Stadium is a mouthful. I have to like really concentrate to say it every time. I want to always say Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium, which I feel like flows much better. I get they want to keep the Liberty in it, but Simmons Bank Liberty State or Simmons Bank Memorial Stadium doesn't really flow very well for me. Um, I will say, I think it was like two weeks ago before they announced all this, you sent it to me, the graphic that somebody had taken a picture of. They put, they put a... Uh, a new Simmons Bank Memorial sign on the stadium, and I, at first I thought it was a you had photoshopped something as a joke <laughs> because it. I, hopefully they update the signage because there is some signage around the Liberty Bowl. I mean that was a brand new one, so I don't know if you're talking about that they updated that one, but the one that you had sent me a couple weeks ago was. I mean it looked like you had put something on clip art and sent it to me, and I thought you were messing with me, but it was it was the real sign. So oh, it's like it's updated. It's like that around town too, man. Like literally, I I hate that we are trusting in them to give the university, I guess it's really the Liberty Bowl, millions of dollars, not even millions, half a million dollars a year, and you can't even yeah, put up actual signage. Don't get me started on that, <laughs> so, me started know, on that deal. I think the deal is going to change once you start making it, enhancements to the Liberty Bowl. You it has to change, right? I would hope. So. I, I mean, yeah, you give. I think you give Simmons. Obviously, we saw that come out that they get negotiating. Uh, they get the first crack at it. But if you're updating it, I mean, that half a million a year is that is not very much, uh, especially, you know, as it relates to what that stadium is going to end up being, I think. Um, I will say I, I talked to a, uh, a guy that I know from from where I went to a local high school here and he, he's a couple years younger than me. I actually coached him. He was in middle school, like my first year of college. And he ended up going to play college football, um, not at Memphis, but in a more regional school around here, FBS. And, uh, he had tweeted something out about the Liberty bowl and he's always kind of, uh, poke the bear with me about Memphis. Um, and so I, I sent him a text and was like, are you, he said something, it was like head exploding emojis, I think about 200 million being pumped in a Liberty bowl. And I sent him a text and was like, are you being sarcastic? And he said, no, dude, they, they, and mind you, he just graduated. I think he's like a year out, um, and has recently played on the Liberty bowl. But, uh, he was like, no, that's, they're going to, they just blew every G if they, you know, once it's finished, completed, right. They blew, we blew every G5, this is what he said, blew every G5 out of the water. Um, talking about, you know, SMU announcing their stadium plans, South Florida, San Diego State. Um, and then he was like, I think it's 80, 85% better than most of the Power Five stadiums that he'd played in. Yeah. Like he was saying it's, and I've seen a lot of that sort of reaction on Twitter, just looking at it. A lot of people that had, Obviously, people around the country have it's an old stadium. It need needed updating, um, but I've seen us getting a lot of love for you know that video and what it the potential and plan for the stadium is. I, I think, given the timeline and the way that things are moving, right? We've kind of talked about that. I think it was the right decision, right? I mean, given an on-campus stadium, you could get there at some point, but 
and I've I've said this on the board, like I would much rather see the potential that they've shown with the Liberty Bowl be done right now and get here in 2025 than to like throw 300 or 400 million at an on-campus stadium that's going to end up looking like the a glorified house. high school. Yeah. And people like cool UCF and I went down there in 17 for the first game when we got freaking blew blown out and Riley Ferguson was throwing a pick every other play. And it just was, it's not a nice stadium. I get it. It's on campus. It's newer, but it's literally all aluminum. And the reason it's called the bounce house is because structurally the whole thing is shit. Like it's bouncing. Like you were bouncing. <laughs> there's not a, there's not a piece of concrete anywhere in there. I mean, it's literally a 35, 40,000 seat CBHS stadium, right? Like I would, I don't want that. Sure. It would be a cool new on-campus stadium, but like, if they do everything that's planned for the Liberty Bowl, it's going to be so much nicer of a stadium and have all the bells and whistles because structurally you're not having to re, you know, that you've got a, a stadium already there. You can just update it. So, and, and given like conference rate alignment stuff, right. I think it makes sense. And you've, you've mentioned this about if you can get in there, then you start having the funds available you know, given a new TV contract and kind of what that looks like compared to where we're at now, right? Yeah, I think a lot of this comes down to people saying you have to have an on-campus stadium to get into the Big 12, and that's not true. The Big 12 has been pretty clear in terms of what they want, and that's continual investment in athletics and making this move, even if it is renovating the Liberty Bowl, a stadium that you don't own, that is showing that type of investment, right? At the end of that video, they did the hashtag Memphis Rising, which is a part of the same movement um, with the For, student housing, the, yeah, the, the South Tiger Campus Village stuff. Yes, Tiger yeah. Village, all of that. All of that plays into Memphis Rising. So this is them saying, here are our cards. We're putting them on the table. We have a plan. You know, people keep mentioning USF. Yes, USF is trying to raise money. Um, to get an on-campus stadium, but you know what USF doesn't have? Renderings. What, what plan have you seen from USF? I understand the renderings, but you know Memphis just has a plan. That's it. You know they're still collecting the funds, but you've already beat USF to the table with that. They don't. They don't even have that. So I wouldn't even consider USF. I don't, a yeah. At this Do point. they even have a site? Lo- I mean, they basically yeah. They're going to use their intramural hey, field. Oh, okay. Yeah, but yeah. so they have on campus, and it's still going to cost them four hundred million because they're not going to have to buy any type of land up. You know, the number that was thrown around, I think, in the actual press conference itself, um, I think he said, you know, it was everything was modeled around Colorado State, and I think that was built in twenty seventeen, and yeah, it cost like two hundred thirty million, I think, is what it was, and if. You built that same stadium today. It costs 150% more now than what it did then. And then it, and it, we would still have to buy the land. And I think it was Transit who said it on the boards. Imagine trying to buy up all those houses over there. You know, people are trying to do the math for some wild reason. They're trying to look at the houses and say, this, you know, this one's valued you can't at 220. Yeah. No, you can't. You if can't. someone comes to me and said, I need to buy your house, I'm going to say, yes. You can buy my house for 17,000 times its value. <laughs> Especially if, you know, that's a house that some of those people I'm sure have had in their families or have lived there for a while. Like, 
They're not just going to give it for what the market value is. So, exactly. Yeah, you can't I, get I totally market value agree. house in, in a normal market today. Like everyone's over asking for a house or overpaying for a house. Excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I will say um, from a funding standpoint, obviously, I don't I don't think you announce this kind of vision and plan, especially with the timeline. I mean, you know, they've said completion by the start of 2025. They, they're going to start construction at the conclusion of 2023. I mean, I don't think you announce that unless you've got a, it, the specifics haven't come out, but I mean, they've got to have an idea and a, a soft verbal from certain people on, on funding, right? Yeah. At least I, for a majority of it. I think you're spot on. I think they know who their big investors are. They're big donors, excuse me, and they're trying to kind of pick up everything else from there, right? You heard the city say, um, Strickland said he didn't know how much the city was going to be investing in this project. And I believe that to be true. And a lot of people were kind of harsh to that. Um, but Memphis doesn't know how much they're raising from funding, right? They don't know how much money they're going to get from their boosters. If they can get the boosters to spend $200 million, $250 million, if they can get that much money on their end, well, how much does the city invest from there on out? You know, can, do, can the city give us enough to pay for the east side renovations? Can we get some of the Simmons Bank money up front to just kind of chip in to uh, make little dings into how much money we need to get the, the east side done? I, there's a lot of questions about it. We don't know yet, but we also have three years to figure this out, right? Yeah, well... You got like 18 months. 18 months. Years. Yeah. I think that was actually what it was. 18. Um, yeah. And I know there's a lot of people that are not on board. They were very pro on campus stadium. They don't like the partnership with the university. They don't like investing in a stadium that the university doesn't own. But I mean, that doesn't really honestly bother me too much. I don't know how you feel about it, but it's like, if it gets you where we're trying to be, Obviously, they've been in discussion with the Big 12, I would assume. They understand that what they're looking for. And if it gets us to that spot, then I have no problem. And, like, people have said stuff. It's just like, I mean, the university and city both, I feel like, push the branding of one, you know, this is the city's team or one city, one team. Like, that's painted in all the athletic buildings and stuff. So, like, I have no problem with the city. and the. I mean, obviously, you would like to own – your own stadium there's been discussions of when this happens you know that opens up for another venue for concerts potentially like larger concerts that could be outdoors and that kind of thing but uh i mean i I don't have a real problem with uh, i'm really honestly very excited about what this is uh gonna turn out to be and and hopefully get us in the the conversation and and in the door with uh conference realignment going forward so um, any final thoughts from, from UTJ on the, the stadium news? No, I'm all for it, man. I, I think it's going to be great. It's only going to be helpful for the university and the football pra- program uh, moving forward. So, um, 
Not a lot has, we'll move on to basketball. Not a lot of news, really. I guess the one thing that's come out was NBA Combine invites. We saw, I guess, Jalen and Josh Minot are invited, so that's good. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously, I think it's a much better look if, and hopefully he does. I really like Josh a lot. Um, I know he didn't uh, he didn't get to see the floor as much as a lot of people, myself included, and I know him and his family would have hoped. Um, but hopefully he can get picked up. I think it's optics wise, it's a lot better for him to to remain a tiger and get drafted as opposed to you know maybe getting some really good feedback. But like a hey, you need to enter next year, and then he goes to you know a Florida State or somewhere else like that, and and isn't a tiger for life, right? So. Um, good luck to, to, to Jalen, uh, you know, obviously Jalen, I think is a, is a lock for a lottery and, and hopefully yeah. why not can, can play his way in, in some of these workouts up there. Um, interesting to note, I would say that, uh, I don't think Deandre or Lester even got like a G league combine invite. So, I mean, I, I don't know how you feel, but I would say that that is a good indication that they are likely coming back, which I would hope because at this point, I mean, it feels like we got uh, Jaden, the Lawsons, Malco, and Kendrick left, right? Yeah, I think all signs indicate that uh, both Williams and Lester will be back. I, you're starting to fill out some pieces around the team, right? So we know Kendrick Davis is here. Lester should be coming back from everything you know. We have kind of read read what's available in the tea leaves there, right? Williams coming back kind of leaves you with two pretty clear open gaps there. Um, what Penny chooses to do with them is going to be super interesting, right? Um, I think based off kind of what Kendrick hinted at, uh, what feels like a month ago was that Caleb was coming, right? You got that. I mean, I think we all got that same. I I mean, I, yeah, I thought that that was happening right after Kendrick committed. I mean, and I think it was, it came out, Caleb visited Georgia maybe recently. Yeah. Yeah, This Um, week, actually. He has said himself he's committing this month. So, I mean, hopefully we get an answer there soon. And then, you know, if you get that commit, you've got a great backcourt, like we've talked about before. And that kind of just leaves that, that one piece left in a, a real five, I guess, sort of a rim protector five, um, or, you know, a guy that you can do the pick and roll with, with, with Kendrick or that kind of thing. So, um, it'll be interesting to see. It's been kind of a slow, uh, couple of weeks here since Kendrick, uh, you know, I think we all got super excited and we thought that was the first domino to fall and it was going to kind of be a, a boom, 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 kind of coming into to May into the summer here. But, uh, hopefully we get some good news soon with uh, Caleb committing this month and then uh, we can start rounding out the staff and, and uh, then get into football season and and rest easy about basketball until, uh, until Memphis madness, right? Some other interesting news. uh, I guess this isn't technically tiger related anymore since they've transferred out, but I, I do think it'll be interesting to see uh, first 48 Tyler Harris at South Florida, playing for the Bulls and then Landers as a Bearcat in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Just uh, if you end up, if we end up with Caleb and Kendrick and then those two are at Cincinnati and you see at your USF, it's just kind of a uh, musical, musical chairs within the AAC here. 
Yeah, it's going to be super interesting, right? You know, Lander's going to Cincinnati kind of makes sense. That is a team he's going to be able to get up his shots. I think he was pretty used to getting up a lot of shots, especially from his time at Virginia Tech, right? His freshman year, he he got all the shots. If you, if you looked at it, he was freshman of the year for a reason. Um, or not freshman of the year, excuse me. Um, all freshman. Was it all team freshman for a, a, ACC? Yeah, ACC. Um, so I, it kind of fits who he is as a player. Like he wants those volume shots uh, at Cincinnati. He's going to be able to get that. So it, it made perfect sense. Tyler is trying to live his best life, right? You're going to Tampa. That's fun. I think that's really going to be about it. Right. I mean, that's going to be kind of the same as, as what you're saying with, uh, with Landers though, right? You go to Tyler goes to a, a team like South Florida and, I mean, talk about volume. I mean, I don't know who they've got coming back, but he's going to be the guy, right? Oh, it has to be. Right? Who else on that team? I don't know. I think they're their other little guard that they had left. I think he entered the portal. Um, We didn't mention it, but Landers and uh, – Jeremiah Davenport, that kind of worries me a little bit, you know. Those are those are two I could see uh, hanging like twenty five apiece on us in the form, going lights out, and that's, a, I mean, Davenport when they Cincinnati came here in that fun game this year and they shot what they make sixteen threes or something, they set a form, yeah. or tied a form record. That's how it works. I could just see him and God forbid this happens, I could see him and Landers lighting us up one game. Obviously, we would still win because you can't. They won't be able to stop Kendrick, but uh, it'll be interesting to watch those two together. Yeah. Speaking of kind of spinning off where you're going with that, not Tiger related, um, Sharp. Womp, womp, womp. What the heck, Slick Rick, man? You know, I I would say it's weird, but it shouldn't be, right? Like, it shouldn't be weird that a guy decides to return back to the normal the school he's been at, right? The grass isn't always greener type of situation. I Slicker got him a key to the city, right? That's the only thing that makes sense. Like, I mean, I don't know what they gave him, but yeah. I mean, you had to. Obviously, we weren't willing to to match whatever the offer was. Key to the although I'd rather have a key to the city in Memphis than uh, Bowling Green. Yeah. Although yeah. I do like uh, the Bourbon Trail up there, maybe that would be nice. I don't know. Lifetime. Big, if he's a big Bourbon guy, they may have given him a lifetime supply. It's a big miss, man. He uh, he is gigantic and he moves really well for a guy his size. So seeing someone that big. I think in uh, Penny's system, a lot of pick-and-roll stuff. Obviously, you see the defense is there. He's blocking shots left and right. Big miss. Um, but famous words to live by. In Penny, in Penny, we trust. Because every time you seem to doubt the guy, he pulls one out. And it just – I've learned my lesson. I doubted him this last season specifically a couple of times. I was like, what are we doing here? And he came back to uh, to make me eat crow. And I don't appreciate it, but I also do appreciate it at the same time. 
Yeah, I, I mean, I guess the only thing that I would say, and like, yeah, in Penny we trust for sure, but we've seen this happen where the team's not fully fledged out until very late in the summer. Yeah. I mean, hell, this last year we were looking at the freaking student directory to see if Amani was enrolled because school had already started. Like, I mean, that's, I don't know. I, I, I just would like by the time that summer's actually starting, like come June 1, we have a real idea of what the roster is. Everybody's here. You know DeAndre and Lester are back. Caleb's committed. Kendrick's here. You've found your five. And everybody can go through the summer workouts. You're implementing whatever system, everything defensively. Like, I just don't want to come in, you know, to football season having started next year and we're still adding people or still trying to fill out, like, staff positions. And then you've got – I mean, you're running out of time um, and you're limited in the time you've got to install things or get people accustomed to, to playing together. So I'd prefer that, you know, come by June we've got everything figured out. I don't know that that's going to happen, but um, – yeah. We'll see. Well, TJ, I think that's all we had on tap for uh, for episode two. Let's go ahead and uh, let's rank this crosstown siren, the blonde ale. I think you were spot on. What you called it a yard beer? Yeah, yard beer. This lawn. I'll say beer. I just play. I played a co-ed soccer game before this, and this has hit the spot right after that. Incredible hydration, delicious beverage. I mean, I think a yard beer is good. Outside time, you come in. Just a good solid. It's not a, a terribly, you know, it's not like a, a Miller Lite or something, but it's not incredibly heavy. Pretty refreshing. I'll say, uh, get a final taste here. Let me give the Siren a, uh, I mean, it's a solid beer. I'll go 7 2. Ooh. 7.2 out of 10. Pretty close. That's a good, I'll... anything in the in the sevens is a good score. No, that's, that's a, a good great score. score. I, I was going to say a 7.6 out of 10. I actually really like this beer, and I struggle not to give it higher, but I it's only because I it has its niche for me. I, I think if I came in from doing yard work, I'd want one, and I'd really like it. Um, but I think I have just forever categorized it as a specific type of beer, not one that I would just like drink uh, out on the lake necessarily. Yeah. Absolutely. No, I agree with you. Well, all right, man. All right. Uh, that'll wrap it up for episode two. TJ enjoyed it as always. Uh, for all of our listeners, if you guys have a, uh, a beer you'd like us to, to review, feel free to comment, tweet us, text us. However, download our podcast wherever you listen, Apple, Spotify, whatever other podcast platforms are out there. Come for the cold beer. Stay for the hot takes. Peace. Thank you for listening to Tigers on Tap. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a rating and a comment wherever you listen to your podcast. If you are interested in content all about the University of Memphis Tiger Athletic Program, hop over to www.gotigers247.com. New articles are published daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for VIP.